0: We hope you'll be blessed and inspired and challenged and motivated by this fresh word from Christian Heritage Church. John chapter
1: 7, verses 37 through 39. Look at it in your Bible, your iPhone, your pad, your Android, or it will be on the screens for those of you who have none of the above. Jesus said, and on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, the King James says, out of his belly, out of his heart, will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Father, at this time, add your anointing, your power, to the preaching of your word. Let individuals in this room have a hunger and a thirst for that fullness of God. Help us to step into that river and our lives and the lives of those around us to be changed as a result. In your name I ask it. Amen. You may be seated. This morning we're going to do things a little backwards. We're taking the third point of the outline that you have in your handout, and we're going to talk about community today. We'll get to the first two points next week. Is that okay? Doesn't matter if it's okay or not. That's all we're doing, okay? So here we go. When we read these scriptures, we have to ask, what does it mean when a river flows through our life? Jesus said, he who believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So what exactly does that mean? We need to understand that and kind of break it down and look at it this morning. That's why we're talking about living in community. When we live in overflow, we live in community. Now, you do realize there's a big difference between having character and being a character, right? <laughs> kind of reminds me of the lady who, when the offering was being passed, opened her person looking for offering, accidentally dumped out a TV remote control that slid out into the aisle. The usher stopped and picked it up and handed it back to her and said, Ma'am, do you always bring a remote control to service with you? She said, oh, no, no, I don't. But this morning, my husband wouldn't get out of bed and come to church with me. So I decided this was the meanest thing I could do short of going to jail. (laughs) Difference in character, being a character and having character. We've talked earlier about the difference between the average church and the normal church. The normal church is outlined and described to us throughout the book of Acts. Unfortunately, today, we've settled for being average. Why should we settle for a reservoir when God's offering us a river? Why should we settle for a container when God is offering us to be a conduit? Why should we settle for a gentle breeze from a ceiling fan when God is offering us a mighty rushing wind? Why should we agree and settle for being average when God wants us to be normal? Now, when you read the scripture, Jesus isn't just offering us a river. He's offering us a miraculous river to flow through our lives. He's not offering something that's out of touch or outdated. Surveys will tell you that millennials are leaving the church or not coming to church because they're tired of what they see. It's the same old thing. But I've got news for you. If you're in that age group, when you encounter the power of a living God, when his presence fills your life, you can't wait to get where he's at. And that's true for not only millennials, but for every one of us in this room this morning. We understand God has something for us. We talked about the fact that the key to living in the overflow is being thirsty. What did Jesus say? He said, if any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. If any man is thirsty, let him come and be satisfied in what I have to offer. When you read that, I want you to understand he's not espousing a new truth. But rather, he's reiterating a truth that's already known to his listeners. I believe, as a matter of fact, he's referring to Ezekiel chapter 47. Where the prophet Ezekiel had a vision of a mighty river, you can read it in the first few verses. He said there was a man with a line in his hand, and he took me to measure this river. The King James said he measured fifteen hundred or a thousand cubits. That's about fifteen hundred feet. And he, when he measured fifteen hundred feet, then Ezekiel walked in the water, and he said it was to my ankles. But then he said he measured another 1,000 cubits or 1,500 feet. And he said then it was to my knees. And then he measured that third time. And with that third time, that third measurement, Ezekiel said it was a river, a river to swim in, a river that man couldn't walk through. I want you to catch the significance. Jesus said, if you're thirsty, come to me and drink and a river of living water will flow from your heart to touch those around you. A river that you can't manage, a river that you can't mandate, a river that you can't decree, but it's a river of God that enables you to become who? and what God wants you to be because you're buoyed by the power of the current and carried where God wants you to go. We need a river of life flowing through us today. Every one of us need to experience that river. And then he went back on the bank, he says, in this vision. And then this is what he saw, verse 9. And it shall be that every living thing that moves, wherever the river goes, will live. Anything it touches, lives. That's the reason Jesus said, if you come to me in thirst, I will fill you with a river of living water so that everyone you come in contact can know life rather than death. Can know salvation rather than damnation. Can know forgiveness rather than being pushed away. Oh, come on, church. Get it in your spirit. He's saying very clearly in this prophetic picture, there is a river that can flow through you that has the power and the potential to touch somebody else's life. You know the problem in Christianity? We boiled it down to me. It's all about me. You know, Zach, that's the reason the heart gallery's out there because it's not all about me. It's not all about you. That's the reason I tell you on frequent basis on a number of times. It's not about you. It's about the kingdom and what God wants to do in and through your life. It's, I'm going to say it, it's not enough to sit on a seat or a church pew and think you've done your duty. My goodness, that's religion. I'm not talking about religion this morning. I'm talking about life. There is a huge difference between religion and life. Life comes When living waters flow through you to touch those around you. He said everything that it touches will live. There will be a great multitude of fish because these waters go there. And they'll be healed and everything will live wherever the river goes. Then look at verse 12 of Ezekiel 47. Along the bank of the river on the side and that will grow all kinds of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither, their fruit will not fail, they will bear fruit every month because the water flows from the sanctuary and their fruit will be for food and their leaves for medicine. When I read those scriptures, I have to try to help you see the picture that's painted. When you look at the world at large, they're a bunch of starving skeletons. They don't have life. They don't have food. They don't have the healing power of Jesus Christ. But Jesus said, anyone who thirsts, let him come into me and drink. And out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. The question is, why aren't you letting the river flow? What are you doing to quench what God wants to do in your life to touch others around you? You heard the announcement from Jessica. Our goal this year is to fill every seat in this house. I've got news for you. It's not going to happen unless the river flows through our lives. The only way sinful, carnal people are drawn into the presence of God is because they see something in you and you and you and you, you that is different from what they have, and it draws them to the Lord. Oh, come on. Be a river. Be a river and let life flow through your life to those around you. See, it's not difficult. He didn't say if you want the river of life to flow through you, you've got to do A, B, C, D, E, and F. Oh, and don't forget X, Y, and Z too. He didn't say that. He said if you want the river of life to flow through you, number one, you've got to be thirsty. And number two, you've got to ask. And if you're thirsty and if you ask, he said, then rivers of living water will flow through your heart, from your heart to those around you. Did you notice in Ezekiel, everywhere the river went, there were trees on the banks. And the trees brought food and the trees brought healing. Isn't that what a world needs today? Spiritual food, healing from the master. It's up to you and I to recognize that Jesus was reiterating the fact that there is a prophetic Powerful personal river that can flow from God through us to those around us. So, we're going to talk this morning about what happens when we allow the river to flow and what it looks like in our lives. When that happens, we begin to live in community. Now, I know as soon as I say the word community, Christian people get all upsided. Their eyes roll back in their head. You need to resuscitate them because they think, oh, you're going to tell us we need to sell everything we have, give it away to the poor and all, live in a commune together. I can see it in your faces. Live in community. We don't want to move to Oregon and live in the mountains and make beads and wear sandals. We don't want to do that. Community. We don't want to buy a farm in Alabama and wear bib overalls and grow peanuts. We don't want to do that. Folks, that's not what I'm talking about when I talk about community. What I'm talking about when I talk about community is simply becoming who God has ordained us to be. I believe one of the greatest gifts we have been given as Christians is the ability and the gift of living in community. The ability to live together, to bear one another's burdens, to love one another. Community in this sense is very otherworldly. It's not something we can grasp with our finite mind. It comes through the Holy Spirit, and it comes directly from God. Community as God wants it to be is a rich and generous life calling on each and every one of us. So many people have said, well, I don't want to go to church anymore because there's too many hypocrites there. Yes, there are, but you need the community. I don't go to church because that preacher preaches too long. He probably does, but you need the community. I don't want to go to church because I got hurt. You probably did, but you still need the community. You see, we need to be able to bind together and bond together and see what God does. And our community is not potluck dinners. It's not fried chicken and ice cream and homemade ice cream. No, community is being there for each other. Community is knowing somebody else's name. Community is being involved in someone else's life. Community is being able to hold their hands when they're weary and tired. Praying with them when they're sick and don't have an answer. Community is rejoicing and celebrating when they get a raise or a promotion. Community is living life together. Let me just pause here and ask for a moment. Yvonne and I have been here five years. I'm going to require a response from you, so get ready, okay? You need to respond when I ask this question. If you at any time in that five-year period have had dinner in our home, went to a restaurant with us, sat down beside us in the fellowship hall, and had a meal together. If you have spent any personal time with Yvonne and I, would you stand? Now I want you to look around. This is what community is about. It's only two of us, but look at the number of people who have been in our community. You see, that's what it's about. It's about reaching out to someone that maybe you don't live with. You're not on the same block with them. You don't share the same interests. You have different hobbies, but there is something that binds you together. And it's the love of Jesus Christ and the river of life that flows from your being into their hearts and into their lives. Yvonne, look around. We've got a lot more work to do. There's a whole lot more folks we need to spend time with. And if you're one of those that's not standing, you need to see one of us so we can make a plan to get that time together with you. That's what community is really all about. Community is sharing a common life in Jesus Christ. That community can happen at the church. It can happen at Starbucks. No, don't go to Starbucks. Don't do that. Go to, uh, what's that other one, Ann, that you go to all the time over there on the market? Oh, the Lucky Goat. Yeah, go to the Lucky Goat. Pastor Mike loves the Lucky Goat. I don't know how many times we've been there drinking that coffee. Find a place and share life together. The biblical idea of community challenges us to commit ourselves together as a people of God. To be there when we need each other as the people of God. Let me share a quick story with you. I go to the hospitals all the time when you are there. I want to pray with you. I want to believe God for you. If you're having surgery, I want to be able to pray with you and rejoice with you when it's successful. Two years ago, almost three now, Yvonne was diagnosed with cancer. We were sitting there of an evening waiting for the surgery to occur. I was in the waiting room by myself, and then all of a sudden, people start coming in. And it wasn't just one or two. When they finally quit coming that evening, there was over 30 people in that waiting room. My community. See, so that's what it's all about. When we're going through difficult times, we should never be alone if we live in community. We should understand there's a brother, there's a sister, there's a pastor, there's a teacher, there's someone who's discipled me that I can reach out to, and they're going to come and be a part of my life. They're going to invest in me. They're going to speak faith into my spirit and life into my being, and I can know that no matter what I'm facing, I'm going to get through it because I live in community. And it's a community of believers that God has bound together so we have that ability. We all know that community takes time, right? And that's the major reason we don't live in community. We're too busy or we think we are. Let me challenge you. Give up two hours of TV some evening and spend it with somebody in community. Spend it talking, hearing their life story, eating over a meal, and hearing what they have to say and how God has touched and changed their lives. Spend it in community. Matter of fact, there is a language in the New Testament that I like to call the each other language. Let me share some of that with you. We need to practice the each other language. Love each other. Forgive each other. Regard each other more highly than you regard Yourself teach and correct each other, pray for each other, encourage each other, bear each other's burdens, be friends with each other. Let me stop right there. So many times people have said to me, I can't go to that church. It's too big. I don't have any friends. I'm going to put it right back on you. The Bible says, if you want to have friends, you better show yourself friendly. So don't you tell me you don't have any friends or you can't make friends when you come in 20 minutes late and you slip out at the last amen. Say amen or say oh me, that's good stuff. You can't live in community without investing time in someone else. So let me challenge you, come early, get a cup of coffee right across Main Street at the coffee shop. This morning it was a dollar, but next week it's free. No, I'm just kidding. It's free every Sunday. We've got great people back there who want to know you, talk to you, visit with you. It's an opportunity to build community. You want to build community, come at 9 o'clock. Oh my goodness, there's a 9 a.m. on Sunday morning. Did anybody know that besides Doug Apple? Yeah, Doug knows there's a 9 a.m. on Sunday morning. And he's busy investing in life, building community right over here in 103. You want to build community? Come on Wednesday night get you a taco out of the food truck, then come in and sit down in the fellowship hall and talk to somebody you've never talked to before. Is that too wild? Is that too odd? Is that too far out there? Mike, I wouldn't have known you and your story if we hadn't spent time together. I would never have known Pastor Mike and Amy when they came four years ago if we hadn't have spent time together. I would have never known what great parents Kareem and Keturah are if we hadn't spent time together. And I would never be able to say, Kira, you are so fortunate, so blessed that God has put you in this family if we hadn't spent time together. I would never know your heart, your passion, your desires without spending time with you. So we need to build community where we spend time together. We need to understand it's required. You can't just come in late and leave early every other Sunday and think you're going to be in community. You're not. You're just coming to a religious service. Community happens When we invest time with each other, when we get to know each other, when we understand we're important and we have needs and ideas and and desires we need to express with others who share those same things. So we're supposed to pray for each other. We are supposed to bear each other's burdens. The Bible says, this is going to blow your hat off, the Bible says you're supposed to serve each other. Wow, that's a whole different concept. I'm supposed to serve someone else. Yes, that's what it says. When we live in community, we serve one another. You think that one's bad, listen to this one. It says we are to submit to each other. I'm a law of my own. I don't answer to anybody. Ever know anybody like that? All around us. But to live in community, we have to submit to each other. I do it all the time on a frequent basis. Someone says to me, let's go to this place to eat, and I despise it, I hate it, but I go anyway. Submitting to them. Submitting to them. And understanding that God works through that. And we do all this for one reason. That reason is because we reverence the Lord Jesus Christ. We understand He's the head of our family, the head of our community, that fullness comes through Him. But we need each other to experience that. Jesus is in heaven. He's not here on earth. But when we live in community, we have the opportunity to express and to show his love, his compassion, his generosity, his gentleness, his healing power. We have the opportunity for people around us to see Jesus with skin on through you and me. We need to live in community. We need to understand that when we're in the overflow, when rivers of living water are flowing from our innermost being, we desire to live in community. We desire to see our brothers and our sisters. We desire to spend time together and see what God, hear what God is doing in and through their lives. This whole concept of community and living in the overflow, displaying community, simply makes the gospel a reality. It takes it from something that some preacher talks about to something that's personal and powerful and prophetic in and over your life. More than anything, God wants every one of us to be a part of that community. Now, Yvonne and I haven't used that word community very frequently. You've heard her say these phrases many times. We're a part of the family. Welcome to our family. You 've heard us say, our family biologically is thousands of miles away, So over the last five years, you have become our family. We have sons and daughters in this room. We have brothers and sisters in this room. We have spiritual parents in this room. You have become our family. You see if there's one thing we want people to know about this church, it's a, it's a place where you're going to be loved, you're going to be accepted you're going to be welcomed, you're going to be befriended, and it doesn't matter where you come from, what you have done, what background and baggage you bring with you, we are all the same at the cross, and every one of us need a family to help us live with God and for God. Every one of us need that family. We need to understand God desires for us to be a part of that community image and mindset. And when we live in total independency, When we live completely outside of that concept of community, we're living in deceit. We're deceiving ourselves. I don't need to go to church. I can worship him in the mountains. I can worship him at the beach. Of course you can. But you miss the essence of community. You miss the very powerful thing that occurs when somebody that you know and that loves you walks up to you, shakes your hand, gives you a hug, and says, I am so glad you're here today. It's so good to see you. I'm glad you're a part of my family. You're not going to find that at the beach. They're going to be yelling at you because your music's too loud. It's going to be too windy. The water's too warm or too cold. There's always something wrong. You're not going to find that in the mountains, but you find it when you come into community. When you come to a place that thoroughly believes God wants us to live in community. It's there we can fully experience the presence and the power of God. It's there we can experience forgiveness, reconciliation, Grace and mercy. It's there in community that those churchy terms take on real life because somebody with skin on is living it before me. We're living in community. That's what God desires. And I firmly believe when we are living in the overflow, we're living in community. So we laugh together, we party together, we mourn together, we cry together. We're a part of a community. And we understand that God has bound us together so that we can display and reveal to those who don't know how really good our God is. Matter of fact, the psalmist said it this way in Psalm 133, verses 1 and 3. He said, how good and pleasant it is when, when men dwell together, brethren, dwell together in unity. And then verse 3, he said in that same passage of Scripture, it's there in the place of unity. Now, can I take out unity and plug in community? It's there in the place of community. God commands his blessing. I don't know about you, but I need the blessing of God on my life every day. I need to know that every day when I get up and take on another 24-hour period of time, it's not just Steve, but God Almighty is living through me, and He's already commanded His blessing upon me. So no matter what I face that day, I've got the presence, I've got the power, I've got the promise of a living God that I'm going to walk through it. Because of community. It's there God commands His blessing. doesn't say He gives His blessing. Then doesn't say offers His blessing. It says God commands His blessing. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Tom, would you come back? It's in community that we demonstrate and reveal the overflow that's in our life. It's in community that the river of God flows through us to the point that those around us receive life and health through Jesus Christ. Father, in this room this morning, there are folks who desperately need to be in a community of believers. Some of them have been skeptics for years. Never believed this stuff about Christianity. Some have tried it and backed away because they didn't experience community. Lord, I pray for those in particular right now. Those that are disenfranchised, dissatisfied, separated from you. I pray that right now you would speak into their spirit and let them know that what they once experienced is not what you're offering. Let community arise in this place. And let them be drawn into it in Jesus' name. It says about and eyes are closed. If you're here this morning and you're not a part of the family of God, that's real easy to remedy. The Bible says whoever believes in his heart on the Lord Jesus Christ and confesses with his mouth that God has raised him from the dead, he shall be saved. The Bible said, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So it's not hard to be a part of the family. It requires one thing, and that's faith that God's already given to you to reach out to him and say, I need a Savior. I need to be forgiven. I need you to come into my life. And so wait just a moment. That's you. You need Jesus Christ to bring you into his family by offering you forgiveness sins are washed away, your life is turned around, you have a brand new start. That's you. I prayed for you. I'm talking to you right now. Slip a pen and say, that's me, Pastor. Pray for me today. I want Jesus in my life. I want to be forgiven. I want to be changed. So wait just a moment. Very good. You're in this room this morning and say more than anything else, I want to live in the kind of community that you described today that only comes knowing a living savior and allowing his rivers of water to flow through my life you want to live in that kind of community you want to live in that kind of community that's you just stand right where you're at that's my desire i want to live in that kind of a place that kind of a community across the building stand right where you're at amen yes anyone else all right the second part of this challenge is very simple You want to develop that kind of community in your life. You want the rivers of living water to flow. You want God to prove himself through you to those around you. Stand where you're at. That's your desire. Stand where you're at. That's my desire this morning. Lord, prove yourself through me to those around me. Let their lives be touched and changed because a river of living water is flowing through my life. And wherever the river goes, life occurs. Healing occurs. Provision occurs wherever the river flows. Father, I pray now for each and every individual who is taking a stand for you. Who's saying, I want to be a part of a community that allows the power of a living God to flow through our lives to the degree that men and women are touched and changed. Lord, I pray now that you release in them, not just a gentle breeze, but the mighty rushing wind of the Holy Spirit. Flow in their hearts. Flow through their lives. And today, before they lay their head down to go to sleep, today... Let that river of life touch someone around them. Influence someone close to them. Let them be that vessel through which you flow today. I pray it in the name that is above every name. In Jesus' name, we worship you, we praise you, we magnify you. And Lord, I ask that you make this church the type of community, the type of family that love each other. Forgive each other. Pray for each other. Encourage each other. Correct each other. Support each other. Let us be that kind of a place. So that when men and women, boys and girls walk in, they feel a part of this family in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let it be so in this place I pray. Zach, I'm going to give you and your staff a chance to slip out and get to the heart gallery. Please take a few moments this morning. Go by, see them, visit with them. Ask any questions you may have. They're going to be able to answer them for you. Thank you again so much for being here today, Zach. I appreciate it. Bringing your staff with you. We appreciate that very, very much. Appreciate the work that you're doing and the influence that you're having across the Big Bend region and the state of Florida. Church, I challenge you. Be a part of the community. Do something that stretches you. You say, well, I'm pretty much an introvert. Well, stop it. How do you stop it? By doing something that challenges you. It's okay to shake somebody's hand and share some time with them before you leave this morning.
0: Our prayer is that God will take this word and plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. Father, we pray for your great wisdom to infiltrate this listener, draw them to you, and take them gently down the road to their next destination in life. And if you're in need of a home church, we invite you to join us at Christian Heritage Church on Shera Road in Tallahassee, Florida, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. For a worship service where the presence of God has first place, you're invited to Christian Heritage Church. Sunday morning service is at 10.30, Wednesday evening at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For all the latest information, visit our website, chctoday.com.